Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm really excited for next week because we're going to be, maybe I should jump up here on the stage because some of you guys can't see me, but I'm excited to, uh, to just let you guys know we'll be in the Frontier Shelter next Sunday. So you're going to want to go over to the fairgrounds and the outdoor shelter. We're, we're just going to be doing our service in there. We'll have a little more shade. We can kind of spread out. We'll have the speakers pumped up. We'll be able to sing together in, in one place. And I'm excited to, to just kind of ease into this and, and just get back together. So and we're in the process of applying for the, the Rendezvous Center to get back into the RC building as well. So we'll, we'll let you know kind of on our, on our Facebook page and on our website and through our one calls, kind of keep you up to date on all that good stuff. So, hey, right here, this next Friday at 9 p.m., we're going to be showing the movie The Chosen. Has anybody seen it? I'm excited. Some, I've heard so many good things about it. I'm, I'm kind of waiting to watch it um, on Friday nights here. So it's a great opportunity to, to just introduce somebody to Christ. It's really the, just this, this story um, of Jesus and what, what he's what he's unfolding, and so, and I think it's done in a pretty amazing way, so that's coming up on Friday nights at 9 p.m. At, as, the, as the sun goes down, and we're going to just have a time of uh, just connecting with God and, and bringing our popcorn and having a good time, so I'm going to pray as we uh, start worship here. Who's excited to sing? Here we go. All right. Woo. We have, I have my daughter up here leading uh, music today, and I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. So let's just pray for, this, for the team and for our time. Lord, we just thank you for a beautiful day. We are so blessed to, to be on this earth, to be created for a purpose. Lord, we, just, we worship you today. We ask that you would just be glorified in this time. Lord, help us just to think about the who you are and what you've done for us in this time and and really set aside the the hecticness of the week or the the stress or the chaos that surrounds us and remember that you're a god of order you're a god with a plan and you are in control lord we just lift this whole service to you and may you may you be uh the one that we focus on today in jesus name amen
Find the dark and speak the light. You who bring the dead to life be all in all. We all have big old page turns. This next song is is new, but it talks about all who are weak and weary coming to Jesus. It says, all who have sailed on the rivers of heartache, come to the sea, come and be set free. This song really has spoke to me lately, and I want you to just listen to it and rest in Jesus through these words.
Thank you, worship team. That was awesome. I was thinking about what uh, what people might must be thinking as they drive by. What do they see? Do they see a a group of people that are crazy? Why are they? Wh- what are they doing in that parking lot? Singing songs? Do they see people of faith? Do they see people of love? Do they see people of religion or of Christ? 
What do they see? What do, what do we want them to see? God reminds us in his word that, that we are a chosen people, a, ho- a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We want them to see that we are a people who are redeemed, who are loved, who are not, who are not deserving of the grace that God has shown us, but have received mercy, undeserved mercy. We want them to see Christ through us. And sometimes in our world today, that is, that is very difficult because people see and are turned off by religion and by people who are saying one thing but living another. So, I have the privilege of sharing God's Word today. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors at Sunrise. And, and I just want to just pray that God would really use this time because I feel so inadequate every time I get up here. Like, Lord, what do you want me to say? So, so let's pray. Lord, I need you right now. I pray that you would speak through me. I'm willing to be your vessel today, and I, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just would just move amongst these cars and, and this community and that the people that drive by, the people that see us in this community would see that we are undeserving people who have received mercy and love and grace from Christ. Lord, let us shout it from the, the rooftops, especially now when people need hope. Lord, let people see your light through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through this series in Exodus, and I have the, the charge of talking about Moses being the lawgiver and talking about the commandments of God. And I was thinking, wow, what an assignment. That's just what everybody wants to hear about is the Ten Commandments today, right? That's just the message you were hoping to hear. I want you to recall the, uh, the story that we've been unpacking. Remember, Moses came to be in a time when Pharaoh was commanding all the killing of all the boys in the land. And Moses slips under the radar. And remember who finds him in the basket? Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses, adopts him. And, and Moses is this adopted kid and he doesn't quite know where he fits. And if you remember in the story, he, he fights this, uh, this Egyptian because he sees one of his people being, being beat up. And he murders this Egyptian. And then he flees to the wilderness. And, and God appears to him in this burning bush of all things and says, I want you to take my oppressed people out of Egypt and get them to the promised land. And Moses is like, forget it. Are you kidding me, God? Like, what would be your answer? If God shows up to you in some burning bush and says, I want you to do this, you'd be kind of like Moses. Who am I? I, I'm not fit for this task. And God says, Let me sh- I will show you, give you a sign that you will worship back on this mountain. And that mountain was Mount Sinai. And so remember in our story, we are right back at that mountain. The people have, have been...
this. Where's my sound guy? Yeah. Hey, we're back. So they're, they're wandering. They're in the wilderness. And they are at this mountain, Mount Sinai, where God wants to meet with Moses. And so that's where we're at. Two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they're in the wilderness. Are you guys with me? So Moses is called up to the top of Mount Sinai to meet with God. It's kind of a family meeting that God's going to have. And Moses is, is the only one suitable to go meet with God. And, and God says, I'm going to section off this area. And, and anybody who touches this mountain could die. The holiness of God is on display. You can't even touch this mountain or you will just die right there on the spot. And I think God is getting his people ready for the whole tabernacle and the temple and, and how he's going to show his holiness and his perfection and how he's going to set up the story of Jesus coming on the scene. So in, in the process of Moses going up and down and up and down on this mountain, and I, I, I looked it up and it's, it's like a four-hour hike. Um, has anybody actually been to Israel and, and, and seen this or, or seen videos of, of this mountain? It's pretty incredible. Mount Sinai. And, and God gives his instructions or his laws. And he gives these ten instructions. Can anybody, all, all you kids in the car, see if you can name all ten instructions, all ten commandments. What's the first one? Have no other gods. The second one, no idols. Third, keep the, don't use God's name. And then Sabbath, keep the Sabbath holy. Then the last six are honor your father and mother, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't, no false witness, and don't covet. So those are the ten. The first four are related to God, and the, and the last six are, are kind of more related to our relationship with people. I found this, this great, uh, there, here's the cowboy-style version of the Ten Commandments. You guys ready for this? Y'all have no other gods. No making idols. When you use my name, y'all better mean it. Lay off the trail one day a week. I like that one. Mind your mom, pa. No killing, folks. Dance with who brung you. No swiping, no lying, and no hankering for the things that ain't yours. That kind of spoke to me more than, <laughs> more than the version I normally read. But, guys, we kind of we make fun of, of these commandments at times, but this is just 10 in a list of 613 laws throughout Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. 613. Who's up for following all those commandments? That sounds like a heavy burden. So Exodus 19 kind of goes through these, the, this uh, journey that Moses goes up and down the mountain and God is revealed to him and, and he's, um, he's, he's, he's getting ready to lay out the commandments. And Exodus 20 is the actual 
commandments. If you want to read through Exodus 20, we're not going to read through the whole thing. But you guys, the, the verse that we often miss, Exodus 20, verse 2, this is a really awesome verse. Right before all the Ten Commandments, it's, commandments, it says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. God reminds the people that he rescued them before he gives them the instructions. He rescues them, and then he says, this is what I want you to live like as my people. And I love that. We, we don't want to get that out of order. We want, we want to remind people of redemption before we say, this is, this is how God wants you to live. And, and, and often we get that mixed around. We say, this is, these are all the, the ways that God has called us to live before we deal with the redemption part. And God reminds his people, I rescued you. I did this. I took you out of slavery. Now you must live in this certain way. And you guys can imagine that his people were not living in the way that they should because we see later in the book of Exodus that they pretty much, they say, hey, yeah, God, no problem. We got this. We can live the way you want us to live. But then, of course, when, when they get tired, when they get bored, they just they fall back into the same patterns. And they build this golden calf later in the book of Exodus. And it's the same thing with us, guys. We, we, we get going on this path towards God, and, and, then, and then we get bored, or we get, we get tired. Or we're like, hey, when, when's the Shopco building going to get done? And then we give up. Or we get, we're like, man, when's this coronavirus thing going get, to get done? Because then I'll get back to church. Because it's hard right now. And, we, and, and then we, we, we kind of start veering off. And it's even been hard for me because it's, it's hard getting my kids out to the parking lot and being at church and making this a priority. It's hard for different ones in this season. So what was the purpose of the law? That's the question I want to ask. The purpose of the law and, and the instructions was to be a guardian or protection to, to, to pave the way before Christ would come. It was also to point out our sin. The law was never meant to bring salvation. It, it was meant to, to show us this is how far we are from meeting God's standards because His standard is holiness. So it defines, the law defines sin and it demonstrates our need for a Savior. Two D's. Defines and demonstrates. So, see, and I, I kind of got lost. Okay, so, we're, so as, we're, as we're talking about what's the purpose, I was, I was looking at the, what does the psalmist say about the law? If you go back to Psalm 1, we see that those who meditate on the law or the instructions have joy. When we follow God's instructions, we live a more joyful life. Psalm 119 says that, each, uh, says that um, 
actually each verse in that whole chapter speaks about God's laws and instructions and says that, that we will, uh, when we meditate on God's law, it keeps us from sinning. Now we still make, make mistakes, but that's what the psalmist said about it. What did Jesus say about it? Jesus per- perfectly obeyed the law and the commandments. It says that he did not come to abolish the law, but to accomplish and fulfill the law, even the smallest detail. And this was before he went to be crucified and, and, and resurrected. And Jesus actually sums up the entire law, all of the 613 laws, and he puts it down to two. Do you guys know what those were? The greatest command, command and, the, and the second greatest command was love God and love people. So all 613 laws can be summarized in loving God and loving people. So that's what Jesus said about it. What did the Apostle Paul say about the law? He said the law can be summed up in this one phrase, love your neighbor as yourself. Guys, I want to I think about that word love because a lot of times we don't associate the word love with law. But if we are going to fulfill the law, we need to learn to love. Because it's, it's all about loving our neighbor as we would ourselves. This has been a crazy week in our country. Because there's, there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of just plain anger, confusion, misunderstanding. And I think... I asked myself the question, who's my neighbor this week? And, you know, before the, the craziness of, of our, our, that our country is in, I would have said, well, my neighbor is, is my, my enemy across town. But now it gets a little more, it, 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 gets, it gets a little deeper. Now my neighbor, the one that God has called me to love, is the Democrat who I don't appreciate his, his views. He's called me to love the Republican. He's called me to love the red, the yellow, the black, and the white. He's called me to love the George Floyd and also the Derek Chauvin. He's called me to love those who I cannot believe. I can't understand how in the world, how can you... How can I love this person that I, that I absolutely don't agree with? I absolutely don't understand. God has called us to love our neighbor as ourself, to fulfill the very law that he laid out in the book of Exodus. How do we do this practically in our day and age? I want to really get, get practical. How do we love our neighbor as ourself? We need to stop telling people how they need to respond or react. We need to do a lot more listening than talking. We need to find someone that we don't agree with, and we we need to seek to understand where they're coming from. This is hard. Because everyone 
is feeling defensive at times. We need to get off social media and say, God, why am I so fired up about this thing? Am I, am I loving everyone? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? We need to humble our entire self and practice what we pray. A lot of times we, we, we pray that we would have love for everyone, but it, it's harder to actually live that out. The amazing thing about what God did was establish this absolute impossible standard because only through Jesus could we find this kind of love. Because the one who loves fulfills the law. And we see this in the person of Jesus and Jesus only. Jesus fulfilled the entire law because while we were still sinners, Christ died. He died for us. While we were still saying, forget you, God, and giving God the finger, basically, and saying, forget you, God. Maybe some of you were in that place where you were angry with God and you realized that He loved you just as much in that place as he does now when you're sitting in a parking lot at church. Because while you were still sinners, he died for you. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he became sin so that, he, so that you might become the righteousness of God. He is your righteousness. 1 John 2.2 says that, that he atoned for the sins of the whole world. Everyone, everyone has this opportunity to come to him and experience his love and be redeemed and have that hope. John fifteen thirteen says there's no greater love than the one that lays down their life for their friends. The one who loves fulfills the law. I don't always live up to this. I get frustrated. I get angry. There's not always love in my heart. I can promise you that. Because I have what they call the Exodus mentality. You guys know what the Exodus mentality is? I heard this uh, phrase, and I thought it was really good for our series. It's that I kind of want to go back to my old master sometimes. I want to go back to, to the old way of doing things because it, it was easier. It was, it was what I could expect. And so the, the, Is, the Israelites, they, they were on this journey, but they wanted to go back to Egypt where they at least knew what they were going to eat. And they at least knew that uh, they had a, a, you know, a job in front of them. They were sure of what was, what was, uh, was going to happen to them. But they were slaves. And we often want to go back to being where we were slaves to sin, but now we are in Christ and we are no longer under sin's power. We are under a new master. The Exodus mentality says that, that we have a new leader, and that is Jesus. We have a new home, and that is heaven. We have a new reality, and that is in Christ and living by His Spirit. 
and he will get us to the promised land, so to speak. We're not Israel, but he, he is, in a sense, taking us from Egypt to the promised land as Christians. He's bringing us home to heaven where we will be with him for all eternity. And we have incredible hope in Christ. So as we kind of finish up this series, and I want to ask you guys, have you left your Egypt? Maybe you, maybe you turned, uh, turned away from sin, and you turned away from, from anger and rage and addiction, and you, you went the other way for a while, but, but sometimes you're, you're like looking back going, man, that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty easy. It was a lot easier way to live in my anger and in my frustration and in my hate. We get used to the patterns that we used to live in. Do you recognize the old way of life right today? that you have to continue to say, that is not who I am. I'm a new creation. The new has come. The old has go- is gone. Have you, re- have you received the free gift of grace and forgiveness for your sin? I want to ask each of you, have you made that personal decision to, to say, yes, I'm a sinner I'm in need of a Savior. I, I would have been one of that would kill Jesus. But you still loved me, Jesus, in that place. And you died for me. In all that rage and all that hate, you died for my sin. And I received that free gift of grace. And I know that you, you paid it all. You did it all for me. And now I've, I want to follow my new master, the Holy Spirit, God and walk by His Word. Guys, we are living in interesting times, and everything seems to be unknown. We don't know where we're going to meet from week to week, but it's kind of sweet in the sense that we have our anchor in Christ, in Christ alone, and it's not in a, who, the person who stands up here, right? It's not about me or the worship team. We ha- our anchor is Christ. And I just pray that, that out of this time, God would be planting seeds in all of us to remind us of how important that personal faith journey is and, and our, our walk to be in the Word on a daily basis and really be digging in and, and helping others around us and, and walking with our kids because nobody's going to do that. For us in this time because we don't we don't have sun kids and and all those great programs right now that that used to kind of help us out we're going to be going into a time of prayer and i'm going to have some of our elders come up and pray but i want to ask you guys this <laughs> this is going to be kind of weird for me um if you want to take a step towards God today, I want you to just come, come forward. Maybe it's a step of recommitment. Maybe it's a step of, I want a new life with Jesus. 
And you have to get out of your car physically and, and come up here because sometimes we have to do something physically to, to, to represent what's going on on the inside, to say, God, I, I raise my hand to you. I need you. And I want to be committed to you, even though sometimes I don't feel like it. So anytime during this, this time of prayer, this is not about numbers or, or anything. This is about what God wants to do in your heart. So whether it's in your car and God's speaking to you or it's, or it's over the radio or it's online, watching this next week, take that step of commitment towards Christ. He's speaking to us today about something. So who are the guys that are going to come pray? So we're going to have a time of prayer, and, and you're going to have plenty of time to let God speak to you, and, and then we'll close with the song. Hosea 12.6 says, So now, come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. Hosea 14.1 and 2 says, Return, O Israel, to your Lord God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all of our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you praises. Jesus, I have no idea why our country's in this position that we're in. But maybe we're in it. We're so far gone that only you can bring, bring us out of it. And I just pray that we'd be a nation that, just like Israel, return to you and that that you showed us grace and I just pray for the leaders of this country I ask you to help them make decisions help them make decisions that aren't politically biased and that would they would return to you Jesus and Help the men of this country stand up too, Jesus. And it starts here. Help us to lead our families. If this nation would pray for their neighbors, don't think that we'd be in this position. So Jesus, we, we acknowledge you as king. And I just pray that if anyone out there is needing prayer, just like Paul said, to come up. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Father, you are so good. Lord, you are true and wise. Lord, you are all power. God, you know everything that happens. You see it happen. You know all hearts. 
And Father, I just want to lift up our country to you. Right now we're in a bad place again. And Lord, I just I just want to say what Paul mentioned in the sermon about the the two commandments that sum up the rest. Love you and love our neighbors. Lord, I know that if this country would follow those two laws, that none of this would be going on right now. There wouldn't have been a man be killed by a cop. There wouldn't be riots happening right now with people being severely hurt, with property being destroyed. Father, so I ask that you will help us to do that. Help us to love you and to love our neighbors. And God, I have questions. What can little Torrington, Wyoming do to to help those big cities that are under rioting and and all that happening? But God, I know the one thing we can do, and that is pray, because that is the most powerful thing that, that we can do. So Father, help us all here to pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for our people. Pray for the the cop that that killed that man. Pray for everyone, God, those who are doing evil and those who are doing good. Lord, help us to love, to love our neighbors, to love you, and to lift this country up. Jesus, thank you. You are so good in your name. Fathers, we've witnessed the many images on our TV screen and on our phone screen over these last few days. It's just a vivid reminder of what happens when a nation and when individuals don't walk according to your precepts and according to your laws and honor you. Father, we see the displays of of the fallenness of our nation, and, and Lord, we see the fallenness in ourselves. The, the anger that we feel is not always a righteous anger. Father, the prayer that I would have for myself and for all of us today is that the outrage that we feel for those that have been victimized and hurt and killed would be equal to the outrage that we feel for our own sin. Because that's the reality of it. We want to put categories on sin, and this is worse than that, and this is awful, and this is unfair. The reality, Father, is that all sin grieves you. It's an offense against you, the holy God. And so I pray as we walk through this with our nation that we would be leaders in terms of recognizing our fallenness. We, we would be humble before you. We would reach out in love and compassion that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus and we wouldn't get caught up in the the rhetoric of the days and age in which we live, but rather we would have the, the words of God and the mind and the heart of Christ. Lord, we know that what we need most of all is you and our nation. We need a revival. We can't fix the problem just through the justice system. It begins in men's hearts, men's and women's hearts. And so we pray, Father, that it would start here with us and it would proceed from here 
and that you would put leaders and, and men and women of God in these places of conflict and in these people that are feeling so angry because we know you're the solution. You're the only solution. And so we commit that and this to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, I just thank you for each person who's here today. Lord, I thank you for just what we can learn from each other. God, help us as we experience this time of being humbled, being shocked, trying to figure out why you're, you're allowing the things that you're allowing. Lord, help us to, to trust and rely on you and not say that what can we do from Torrington as Ben asked. I say the same thing. But Lord, we can have an absolute incredible influence on this world because your plan is so big. You, 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 you take insignificant things and you make them significant. God, you changed the world with 12 men who were fishermen and tax collectors and just normal everyday people. Lord, so take us as little Sunrise Church and do something extraordinary. We want to be used by you. And I pray that you would just raise up men and women who would walk the walk, who would who would live out what we pray and what we say. We thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.